Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello, and welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. And this is a great place to listen and learn. And so many people consider Senior Care Live appointment radio, and I hope you will too. As always, if you have a question, visit online at Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com, or you can go old school and give us a phone call, no worries at all, at one 800 331 Six four four five. All right, so we have an excellent program today, and as everyone knows, and it's hard to believe, really, I mean, truly hard to believe, today marks the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on U.S. soil, and it's a time to remember the courage of so many firefighters and paramedics and New York policemen and New York's Port Authority officers and all who sacrificed their lives to save others. And it's also a time to honor the memory of all of those who perished at Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and the Pentagon and the Twin Towers. So today with us is Mr. David Wiley, President and CEO of Kansas City Hospice in Palliative Care, and Todd Steinbrecher, Director of Patient Support Services. And David and Todd, welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Good to be here today. Thank you, Steve. All right. All right. Excellent. So uh, I, I'm, I, I, hate to, <laughs> I, I hate to even think about 9-11 tears me up every year. And this year, I think it's just going to be even that much more difficult. But I'm glad you're here with me today, truly. So, uh, David, you've been with us regularly to discuss the important work and the many facets of Kansas City Hospice. And we're glad to have you back. So can you introduce Todd and tell us more about his role? I sure can, Steve, and it's, it's, uh, it's good to be with you on this important day. Uh, so Todd uh, Steinrecker is our Director of Patient Care Support Services for Kansas City Hospice. He's been with us for more than six years. Uh, prior to his current role, uh, Todd was a community liaison for several years, and he's also served in various leadership roles, including Area Director and Operations for a Health and Wellness Organization. Todd also, importantly, has operations management experience 
as honorably serving in the United States Navy as a search and rescue operator manager for nine years before joining the private sector. Todd also co-chaired the Veteran Service Committee at Kansas City Hospice, as well as serving as the Community Veterans Advisory Board for Johnson County Community College, as well as creating a Veterans Initiative Program, a VIP program to assist veterans with their benefits. All right, excellent. And Todd, welcome, welcome, welcome. And please tell us about the work that you do uh, for Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. All right, thank you, Steve, and thank you, David, for that. It's a real pleasure to be here. And first, I'm thankful to be a part of such an incredible organization. And as a veteran myself, I'm grateful to work for an organization which offers really a unique focus on the needs of veterans and their families at the end of life, which is something that actually brought me into hospice um, with my own father, who was a veteran. Um, My main focus at Kansas City Hospice is really leading the team that ensures successful um, admission to our service, whatever that service looks like. So um, leading the intake team, um, sending Um, staff and and nurses out to the field to meet with patients and families, dealing with um, medical equipment, pharmacy um, issues, things like that. So all in all, um, kind of the uh, dispatch of everything we do. All right. Excellent. And and Todd, first of all, I just want to say thank you for your service. As we were discussing off mic, uh, you said, uh, "Hey, I, I was over there, you know, when I was serving, and so I, I thought, uh, I thought I was a lot younger than you guys, but <laughs> and uh, and you are. But uh, I, I just wanted to say thanks again for your service. Uh, it means a lot, and it's something that my family and I definitely appreciate uh, for sure. So, could you uh, start talking about the state? of veterans in the United States? Well, and I want to say thanks for that, Steve. And yeah, I mean, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 is pretty surreal for me. Um, it brings up a lot of a lot of different things. But to talk about what you're asking, the state of veterans in the United States, and um, this, this information is less than 10 years old, and, and with the census and, and things like that, new information will come out. But Overall, approximately since the inception of the United States, there's more than 40 million people who have worn the uniform and have served in one of the armed services. Um, So we're looking at um, quite a few people. And, you know, in 2013, which is kind of the last statistic, um, really, there were more than 38,000 veterans in, in Kansas City metro area who served in all three conflicts, which would have included World War II, Korean uh, conflict, and the Vietnam War. Wow. Uh, It's actually more than that, but we're still waiting on some data with Gulf War I and uh, Operation Enduring Freedom and Iraqi Freedom. Um, Another interesting statistic is there are more than 2 million female veterans. Um, Nearly 10 million veterans are age 65 or older. And um, as much as we think about unemployment and homelessness and things like that, um, it's actually a very small percentage. Um, it's around 10 to 15 percent of veterans that are homeless. Um, and a lot of people think um, it's a lot higher. I wish it would be lower, frankly, but uh, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, well, so Todd, can you tell us a few things about what this day means to you and how service members are being honored this year and through your work with veterans at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care? Be happy to, Steve. I um, First of all, it's very personal. Um, I was in from 99 to 08. Um, and with that being said, for me personally, I have a a reunion, a 20 year reunion with people I served with this weekend. Um, so once we get off the radio, um, I'm going to be hanging out with, um, a lot of guys that I served with for years, for nine years. And that means a lot because, um, the brotherhood and the sisterhood to me, um, is very important. So I'm excited about that. Um, we are going to have a moment of silence, just like many of people, um, in in the nation and around the world um I, I just have a couple interesting things just for people to think about most people remember where they were um if you were born after 1995 you probably don't remember but if you were born before 1995 almost everyone can say where they were and they can remember it i guarantee i remember and i'm going to share that story later on in the program yeah for sure um and you know Central Standard Time, it was 7.46 a.m. when the first plane hit the tower. And it took 102 minutes between that and the second plane for both towers to to fall to the ground. And just to personalize it a little bit, and and some of the people I've served with, um, we take this to heart for sure. There were over 100 expectant fathers, um, you know, that were in those towers that... um, never came back and their children are coming of age now. And if you can imagine, these guys are 19, about to turn 20 years old. Uh, There were 2,976 people killed that day on 9-11. Thousands more were injured. Um, And that's one of the things that's really important to us at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care is, you know, joining up with the We Honor Veterans Program through the Veterans Administration and the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization. So we deal with people from conflicts from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Gulf War, Iraqi freedom, enduring freedom, and anything that hopefully won't come in the future, but if it does, we'll be ready for them. Okay, and then are, are there any rec- recognition ceremonies? Yeah, so the so part of the We Honor Veterans um, is we do recognition ceremonies. Um, we also help veterans with their benefits. Um, you know, I've got a couple stories if, if we have time. Um, and, you know, I really want to talk about one ceremony. You know, post-traumatic stress, a lot of people think or are confused about it. And we really focus and spend a lot of time on um, working with our staff and what that means. You don't have to be in the military to have post-traumatic stress, but what we have understood and working with the VA, by the way, We Honor Veterans is a mandated Congress program and and, and it's a voluntary uh, program to do and we're very serious about it. So we take advantage of everything they have to offer, but we you know, have a situation where a lot of post-traumatic stress, a lot of memories, things like that can come up at end of life. And um, the more we educate our staff, the more we can help our veterans because we don't want them to feel like they're misunderstood. A lot of times people share 
at the end of life stuff they haven't shared their entire life with their closest people. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've heard a lot more, but I've heard stories of how that's really important to a lot of veterans, uh, particularly at the end of life, to just really discuss some of maybe the most difficult stories that maybe they've never, ever shared before uh, to just kind of get that off their chest, if you will. So, all right. Well, so uh, David and Todd, uh, just hang on. We'll have more coming up. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. How many Americans living today are too young to remember 9-11? A, 15%, B, 20%, C, 25%, or D, 30%? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com and through the app Odyssey.com, and that's A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. How many Americans living today are too young to remember 9-11? And the possibilities are A, 15%, B, 20%, C, 25%, or D, 30%. And the answer is... C, 25%. Isn't that amazing? And according to a Washington Post analysis of U.S. Census data... Approximately one quarter of Americans were either not born yet or too young, six years old or younger, on 9-11-2001 to remember the event. So uh, that's almost hard to believe, but then you think, yeah, that was 20 years ago, right? So uh, that's that's pretty stunning. Uh, we're here today with Mr. David Wiley and Todd Steinbrecher from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And uh, Todd, you were visiting uh, with us a, a little bit about... Um, so, you know some of the stories that you were wanting to share, and and you had mentioned specifically PTSD. Could you share a story on that? Yes, and you know what, Steve? I mean, for me, like I feel twenty years isn't really that long, but it but it also seems like it went by fast. And that's actually a perfect segue because you know we're talking about eras of folks that um, come into our lives with what we do in hospice that. Um, go back to World War II. So if any of those folks are listening um, or, you know, a different era, I can only imagine what that might feel like for them. But, you know, being able to remember what what happens sometimes when you're in conflict, at end of life, studies have shown that um, trauma can exasperate at the end of life. And we don't want to mistake that. And that's why it's really important for us to, you know, if they're willing to share the veteran um, anything at all, it's information that we can share with our team and their family members. Obviously, at the 
utmost level of respect because we certainly don't want to bring stuff up just because we think it's important. Every person's different. But one example is there was a, a World War II veteran that um, ended up being on hospice and there was a chaplain. Chaplain ended up happening to be a veteran as well. Well, people thought this guy was just being difficult, but what ended up happening was um, they kept putting blankets on him because he was very cold and they didn't understand what was going on. And this chaplain came up and said, hey, do you mind if I talk to this gentleman for a minute? And so he did. And he talked to him and told him where he was and where he served. And there was a little bit of calmness that took place in that room. And it ended up happening that um, the gentleman was sharing a story and what had happened was the blankets that were being put on him was a situation where he had been in a situation where he was hiding under, um, some very heavy, um, troops that some were alive and some weren't, um, in order to stay alive. And so at the end of life, it, he felt like those blankets were, were that memory. As soon as they understood that, this gentleman calmed down. He shared the entire story and he found peace. And um, I know it's kind of a difficult story or a conversation to have, but this is real life. And this is why it's important to um, be educated. And we honor veterans and, and educate our staff so we can take care of our veteran community. Wow. Wow. That was powerful. Okay, Todd, so you mentioned earlier that you've previously chaired or co-chaired the Veteran Services Committee at Kansas City Hospice. What are some of the issues and questions you most often hear from veterans and their families? Great question. Um, you know, some people really are focused on where can we um, find a place to recognize our loved one. Um, others are benefits and you know, talking about ceremonial situations, you know, with gun salutes, um, burial uh, rights, and um, also benefits not only for the surviving veteran, but for their families and loved ones. So we, we take a whole space and, and cover all of those. Um, and, and we want to ask those questions so we can make sure they have everything they need. Okay. All right. And so how does Kansas City Hospice address the specific needs of veterans at the end of life? Well, I mean, first of all, we, we have to always ask why. Why do we want to do it? Um, and it's because, you know, these folks have taken an oath and they have served our country. And I think we're very proud of that. And, you know, less than 1% of the population actually volunteers. We're in a voluntary armed services um, nation. And so there's a lot to be said about that. It's also something that is a healing thing in many ways, not only for the um, veteran, but for loved ones. So we take that very seriously and people react and respond differently, Steve. We just wanna give the opportunity so we understand. That's why the education that we do in this community is so important. So we know how to address any type of moral injury, any type of suffering, any type of healing that we can do. Um, and, and we will act accordingly. We're not trying to force anything on anyone, but we want to understand so we know how best to recognize these veterans because I have literally witnessed 
many times more than I can count these types of recognition ceremonies and conversations with veterans and families that are, I, I can't even tell you, it's amazing um, how much peace there is not only with the veteran, but the family. Okay. And as a veteran yourself, tell me about the importance of honoring our veterans. Well, it's kind of a tricky thing to ask. I mean, people always tell me on veterans say, thank you for your service. And I joke and I say, well, thanks for paying your taxes. You know? <laughs> and honestly, it's, um, it's kind of embarrassing because, um, you know, I think most people that serve are, aren't doing it for the recognition or the thank you. So I think it's a, a an interesting community to kind of break through with. All right. Well, and so, and not to put you on the spot and, and, and not to embarrass you, but again, I mean, I, I want to thank you for your service. You know, we had, uh, we, when the boys were little and they kind of do their own prayers now, but every night, and I am not kidding. For years and years and years and years, we would go in. We'd have story time with with our kids and, and our daughter. Our boy, we have triplet boys, right? And our daughter. Uh, wow. And uh, uh, but uh, we, you know, we would have story time, and we would talk a little bit, and then we would all say a prayer. And every single night, we would pray for our veterans. We would pray for those serving in the military. We would pray that Jesus would keep them out of harm's way and bring them home safe. We prayed that every single night. And that has nothing to do with taxes. We are truly thankful for for you and your your bravery and and your service. And again, I I just uh I I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate that, Steve. Sounds like you got some good kids there too. <laughs> yeah, they're they're incredible. So, hey, uh, David and Todd, could could you stay over with me into the third break here, just a, a little longer with me, please? Sure, that'd be great. Sure, we'd be happy to. All right, we're going to have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast of all of the recent episodes, again, at SeniorCareLive.com and through all of the major podcast platforms. All right. Well, I hope you're enjoying our program today as we remember the 20th anniversary. And I, I'm, we're not celebrating, we're recognizing it, right? Because uh, this, is a, this is a big, tough, heavy day. Really, really thankful uh, for my friends David Wiley and, and Todd Steinbrecher, uh, both with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And Todd, uh, we had uh, we had talked off mic here a little bit about your you're your a little bit put on the spot when someone someone says you know thank you for your service now I definitely appreciate that but then you had a really really interesting comment and I don't think I've ever heard this would you share the comment about Vietnam veterans and maybe a different way to respond to them yeah absolutely um you know, one of the things that we and our veterans do is um, it's called trauma-informed care for veterans. 
um, on a hospice initiative. And it's kind of interesting if you think about it. Most people, you know, when you talk about end of life, um, you wouldn't think that there would be a market research team to deepen our understanding of that. But the VA actually did that with the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization for Vietnam veterans who are seeking hospice and palliative care. And what they did, they conducted interviews with hospice nurses, caregivers, and family members, and Vietnam veterans entering hospice care. And then they were able to craft protocols and create a care planning guide for providers. And the reason they did that was when folks came back from the Vietnam era, um, they not necessarily had a um, thank you for your service. Um, and so one of the comments that I've heard over the years when I've been around Vietnam veterans is uh, welcome home because a lot of people didn't necessarily get that. It, it, there was a lot of political things going on. Yep. And so they, they ended up interviewing a lot of family members and Vietnam veteran, veterans um, and that was really a central component of the research. And what these interviews enabled was for us to hear firsthand from veterans as to what was most important to them as they entered in a life care. And that included things like, you know, what was the role of their service and how would they like to reflect on it? And what was the importance of reconnecting to the service culture and the importance of ceremony and recognition? Um, and these interviews enabled uh, all of us to understand, you know, the complete experience and, you know, being able to identify opportunities where, you know, it's one thing, like I was embarrassed, right? I mean, I'm proud. I'm not, I'm really not embarrassed that I served. I just feel embarrassed when someone says, thank you for my, my service. Right. So just to clarify, right. You're, you're, um, you're a very humble person. And like you yeah, said, you so, didn't, you didn't go in for the recognition, but right. Um, right. Yeah. But I'm not like embarrassed. Uh, of course that I serve. Right. So of course. Um, a lot of these interviews were conducted virtually um, as, wherever possible. Hospice ner nurses served as liaisons. Um, all these interviews were recorded and transcribed and hospice teams were able to observe and they remain engaged if, if, if they so desired. Um, and, and then they shared that information and they compiled this data. And what we found was, um, the research identified specific things for different, um, different eras. So this happened to be the Vietnam era, because if you were a World War II veteran, you might have had a, you know, ticker tape parade and, you know, you were called the greatest generation. You had, I don't know, you what, had they're, a I don't know what they're going to call ours, but, um, yeah. you know, Vietnam veterans are likely to be more skeptical of social and health services, including hospice. So, um, it's really important because of, of the way they were treated or, or the services they didn't have back then when they came home with the VA. So it's just a very important pivot point, I think, in of the veteran eras and what we can do as a community to recognize everybody in the best way possible. Well, and you know you you hit the nail on the head world war ii veterans uh, they were they had a hero's welcome as they should have received and unfortunately because of the you know, politicizing the war and it got pretty ugly there i was very young when all that happened but i understand it 
and uh, and and Vietnam veterans did not have the same uh, welcome, and and far from it. And so I love I you just you just gave me just this huge paradigm shift uh, in the in the next time I I meet a Vietnam veteran, and and, and I always I, I go out of my way to say thank you for your service, but welcome home, and uh, and I'll I'll know that that is is deeply meaningful to those veterans. So Tata, I really appreciate you sharing that story. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. All right. So David, earlier Todd shared some ways to commemorate the losses and sacrifices of 9-11. Are there any observances happening locally that our listening audience could be involved in? Absolutely, Steve. Um, You know, before I go into that, I I just want to say that I'm so, um, I too am am thankful to Todd for his service. I'm very proud of our We Honor Veterans Committee. We have a number of veterans that work for us and we have um, a really strong committee that that works really hard to make sure that these are meaningful ceremonies and and conversations at the end of life. It's important to us because uh, just about one in four of our admissions, um, the, the the patient is is a veteran, and we admit just under four thousand people a year. So, just about a thousand of our patients each year are veterans. So, this is a really important uh, part of our operation. And and um, and again, I just want to. I'm very proud of the team and the work that they do related to that. Excellent. But in but in terms of um, local listeners uh, could be involved in. You know, we, our local news outlets have online listings for local memorial services. Uh, there's some freedom walks and some other observances, and I'd also like to encourage uh, listeners to visit the 9-11 Memorial and Museum's 20th anniversary website. Uh, it includes a digital remembrance wall, and it remembers those who were killed uh, and honors the service and sacrifice of the first responders who bravely ran into danger to save others uh, with images and stories. And so anyone can uh, add their own tribute to the wall And it can be found um, at neverforget.org forward slash remember. All right. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much, David Wiley and Todd Steinbrecher, both with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care for being here with me today to uh, recognize the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and uh, and i'm so glad you're here today and we're able to uh, to to share a, a lot of really great and excellent important information uh, for our listening audience so david and todd thanks so much for being here today i really appreciate you thank you so much steve thank you david yeah absolutely and we appreciate the time steve and uh and uh, we're thinking about today uh, in a meaningful way with everyone so thanks a lot absolutely Thanks again to David and Todd from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And wow, you know, I I learned a lot. I I learned a lot there. First of all, 25% of our population doesn't remember 9-11. Man, you know, that sounds high. But then, you know, again, Todd mentioned like people under like five or six or or younger, you're just not going to remember that even as dramatic and traumatic as that was. That's just kind of how it goes when you're when you're that little. I don't remember a lot of huge, huge events back when I was that little either. So that's just kind of how that goes. So uh, and, and then and then you know a large number of people weren't even born yet. So um, that's that that caught me off guard a little bit. That was very impactful. And then Todd's uh, Todd's story about 
how to greet a Vietnam veteran, uh, that caught me off guard as well. I very frequently, if I'm out and about and I see someone in uniform, I'll go up, I'll look them square in the eye, I'll shake their hand, and I'll say thank you for your service. And they're always, and they're, trust me, None of these, none of these people are looking for that. They're, that's not why they enrolled. They enrolled, and they enlisted to, to serve their country, and defend our honor and our freedom. That's why they enlisted. But you know what? Though I think quietly, they also appreciate being appreciated. But they're not looking for it. Okay, so there's that fine line. But if you know they're from Vietnam, and I see a lot of veterans proudly wearing their ball cap, says Vietnam vet, or something about Vietnam, served in Vietnam, every single time from this day going forward, I'm going to say thank you for your service and welcome home. And uh, I think, I, I know that'll be appreciated, and that's not just a guess, that was through a lot of studies that Todd had mentioned. Also, don't forget to check out Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. They have a lot of different programs for veterans. And as you heard David mention, they serve 4,000 hospice patients per year. That's a lot of people receiving hospice care. And about 25% of them, or about 1,000 patients, hospice patients per year, served by Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, about a thousand of them are veterans. So if you want to check out the programs available, understanding that some of the programs may have to be modified because of COVID, but there's a tremendous, the message is there's a tremendous amount of support for veterans. Check out kchospice.org or call 816-363-2600. Don't go away. I'll be right back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so today we're recognizing the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And it, like, like Todd mentioned earlier, you know, 20 years ago, I mean, it seems like it was 20 years ago and it seems, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. And I think it was so impactful. It's just so fresh in your memory uh, that it's just something that you'll never, I'll never forget. That That's for darn sure. And it's one of those moments in time where someone asks you the question, where were you when you learned about 9-11? Where were you when the, when the space shuttle exploded? Where were you when JFK was shot? Right. I mean, just all of these, like these huge historic moments. Where were you? 
I'm going to share my story here in just a second. But I wanted to mention that uh, my firm, Senior Care Consulting, we have served so many veterans and their families over all of the years with different pla- you know, placement services. We, we find different levels of care for our veterans, whether they need the assisted living level of care, maybe they need long-term care. We may or may not need memory care, worked with a lot of veterans who had a percentage of disability of one type or another due to their time in the service. And uh, and again, we, we, we always thank our veterans. Uh, if you haven't served and, and I didn't serve, I have no idea what these men and women went through and the sacrifice and what they've seen and what they're living with. And so I, I do truly thank each and every one. Uh, from the bottom of my heart. So when I'm working with veterans and and their families, I always, every single time, I always ask about your service. Did you serve or did your spouse serve in a period of war? Did they serve in the military? If they did, when did they serve? And I always explore the possibility of having them Uh, qualify for the VA aid and attendance benefit. And I'll be having on a veteran service officer near Veterans Day coming up and we'll uh, we'll unpack the VA aid and attendance benefit in detail. You won't want to miss that one coming up in November. Right. And I've also worked with a lot of families where they had their veteran on a waiting list for one of the veterans homes here locally or, or in, the, in the region, but a lot of times there's maybe a 12, 18-month wait list. So we'll find placement uh, for, for them so where they can get care, professional care uh, in, a, in a senior care community while they're waiting on their turn in one of these veteran homes. So we, we do serve uh, a lot of veterans and their families with my firm, Senior Care Consulting, and we are honored to do so. All right, so my story, 9-11, I'll never forget this. I was working with a corporation and I was a vice president level of sales, marketing, business development. And I was flying out of Kansas City that morning. It was a beautiful, beautiful morning. I was up early. Drove to the airport, got on the plane. We took off. We st- I was flying to Indianapolis, Indiana. I'll never forget this. We stopped in St. Louis. A few people got off. A few people got on. And we took off. And none of us had any idea. I was in the air on an airplane when all of this stuff went down. And, and that kind of that kind of blows me away. There was a big question about you know how many other planes were involved. Ultimately, obviously, four were. Were there more? I maybe we'll never know. I don't know. But I was on a plane when this all went down. And then when we landed, and I it didn't dawn on me right away, but all of the all of the staff, they were up front and they had these stone faces watching everyone get off the plane. And I, I thought it was a little bit weird. Usually they're friendly and hey, thanks for flying, blah, blah, blah. That that didn't happen. And I realized that later. Then I get off. I, I get off. Uh, get off the plane and go to the go to the terminal, and the whole terminal was completely empty. 
in Indianapolis. And then I look over to my left, and there must have been a hundred people crowded around two televisions in a little sports bar right off of our gate. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And I walked over there, and I'm looking at the television, and I just, I didn't know what that was. And then I thought, oh my gosh, that looks like the Twin Towers. And I asked somebody, I said, what happened? And he said, we got hit, man, we got hit. And I'm looking at that, and I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. And then it just started dawning on me what happened and then i watched the first tower fall and i was just i was completely blown away so after watching that I didn't realize this was going to be that hard. I immediately left that place and called my wife. She was at home with our baby daughter, newborn baby daughter. She had no idea. She answered the phone like she always does. And I said, do you have the television on? And she said, no, I'm listening to music. And I said, turn it on. That's how she found out about it. She wanted me to come home right away. I was on a business trip. I had a lot of work to do, but I just I just wanted to I needed to be home with my family. But I was out of state. So I started calling around looking for all all the airport I couldn't catch a flight back. All airlines All airplanes were grounded. All flights stopped for days. Remember that? So I started looking for a rental car. They were all rented. I couldn't. There was literally not a single rental car in the entire state of Indiana. So I just went to work like I had scheduled for a couple of days. And I had one of the rental car places searching for a car for me he said he said first car i get my hands on it's yours a couple days later i got a call sir we've got a rental car coming in this afternoon do you still want it and i said yes sir i'll take it so when the car came in i got i got the car and i drove home to kansas city from indianapolis that was the longest drive i just wanted to be home with my family I was shocked. I was sad. You know, shared the news with my wife, with my family, with you know, with my mom. And then I got so angry. I was beyond furious. I was furious. And then you come to terms with it and then you adjust like everyone did everything. So I just I just wanted to say, I just want to share that quick story with you. Didn't realize how hard that was going to be. <laughs> just want to say, God bless those who lost someone in 9-11. God bless our veterans. 
God bless our first responders and God bless all of those serving in our military and may God bless America. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.